Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. And you're watching Tannin' Fire Podcast, brother. No other rock and roll. If you ain't watching, you ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Just in case you guys missed it, Tampa Bay Buccaneers won last week. Kind of forgot what that feels like after so long. Five losses in a row, turned it around, beat the Jets. 15 to 10 in Raymond James, it was a great feeling. Gotta love it, man. Let's hope we can turn it around. These next few weeks, we got Miami next week, should be a good game. And we'll touch on that game in just a little bit towards the end of the show. Because if you guys follow us on Instagram, you would have known today's show was supposed to be about the John Gruden rumors that are are back and more present than ever. And like I said, we'll also talk about that. But some interesting developments actually happened today before we decided to record. Uh, Star quarterback Jameis Winston allegedly, don't get me wrong, allegedly is under fire for sexually assaulting an Uber driver in Arizona in 2016. Details are fuzzy. We'll pull up a little more details and we'll talk about that. But just a very weird state of affairs we are in as Bucks fans right now. But for the time being, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Here today for episode, I want to say 14? I kind of lost track. I feel bad. But I want to say it's episode 14. Uh, here on YouTube and iTunes, and also really quick before we dive into things, a huge thanks to Tampa Bay Buccaneers Hall of Fame member Big Nasty for that intro, hooking us up on game day at the What the Buck tailgate. Really quick though, touching on game day, and uh, really quick actually before we jump into anything else, welcome back to the show guys, my name is Redicus, your host, and alongside me as always, my good buddy, good friend, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. Evan, how are you doing today, my man? Doing just fine, how are you? I am doing just good, and we were going to jump into that What the Buck tailgate where uh, Evan and I actually got to hang out for the first time ever. Uh, We've known each other for a couple of years, but I've never met you face-to-face, so it was pretty cool being able to see you and talk to you last Sunday and uh, just hang out and tailgate. It was a fun time, man. Oh, yeah, it was a real fun time. Uh, If any Bucks fans that live in the area go to games normally and haven't been to the What the Buck tailgate, they definitely got to go. It's... uh... It's a great time, good food, good people there. It's a, it's certainly an, a, a fun experience. And a funner experience was going to Raymond James that Sunday, watching the Bucks take on the Jets and win. I have a, uh, I have a buddy named Brian. He's a family friend of ours. He actually lost a couple of hundred bucks because of the Jets game. He is a huge Jets fan. We were talking trash the night before, and he's like, "Yeah, I put down a couple hundred bucks on the Jets taking it tomorrow." So, as you guys know, the Buccaneers did win, fifteen to ten. We are now 3-6, and six, looking to turn things around against the Dolphins next week. But that's pretty much about all that happened on Sunday. Um, it's hard to focus on a win and and look up at this point in the season when you get the news that you did today, and that was the news that quarterback Jameis Winston allegedly uh, sexually assaulted an Uber driver in Arizona back in 2016. Now I'm going to pull up the details here and we'll break it down. 
Uh, let me see if I can find the story here. I found the initial story from U Stadium on Instagram. Let's see if we can't pull that up here one more time. We'll break it down and we will talk about it. Just a rough situation. But the NFL is investigating a case against Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston after it was revealed to BuzzFeed, of all people, that Winston groped an Uber driver at the drive-thru and was yelling a homophobic words at pedestrians out the windows. Winston has since been banned from rides by Uber. Update. According to Jameis Winston's IG page, this happened two years ago and was a misunderstanding giving all the passengers. The report via TMZ says the woman who identifies herself as Kate told BuzzFeed she picked up a group of men from a nightlife area in Scottsdale, Arizona around 2 a.m. And Jameis got in the front passenger seat. During the ride, Kate says the Tampa Bay Bucks star was out of control, screaming homophobic comments to pedestrians before requesting a stop at a Mexican restaurant. When in the drive through line to pick up food, Kate says Winston reached over and put his fingers on her crotch. It wasn't accidental. Kate says she was just creeped out. She was frozen. After the ride, Kate says she filed a complaint with Uber but did not go to police because she feared backlash from NFL fans. Winston Camp says the allegations are completely false. They say we categorically, ah, uh, that's a big word. We categorically deny this allegation. It is our understanding that the Uber driver was unable to identify the specific individual who alleged touched this driver inappropriately. The only reason his name is being dragged into this is that his Uber account was used to call the ride. Uber says Jameis has been banned from using the app in the future. The NFL has confirmed to TMZ Sports the league is investigating the situation. So we, we, we take a step back, and I know the Jameis haters are having a field day with this. You can see it all over social media. Actually, I think the uh, the worst outlet I've seen so far is Facebook, the Buccaneers Facebook page. The official Bucks Facebook page is where all the... Uh, all the old guys who like to complain hang out. And I, and I mean just guys who you can't please them. But you take a step back and you look at the situation. And I'm going to come out and say it. Uh, I believe you know, you're on the same train as I am. At this point in time, there isn't enough evidence to prove to me otherwise that he did it. Right now, I stand with Jameis. I do not think he did it. I think he is innocent. Could be a wrong place at the wrong time situation, without a doubt. But right now, there isn't enough evidence on the table to prove that he did uh, that in Arizona. Yeah, um, I was honest to be honest with you. Um, I, I was shocked when I heard the news. Uh, didn't really think much of it until uh, I got because I just got the notification. Just looked at it. Didn't look at any stories or anything. Then read more into it. Then uh, I mean, this is serious stuff. Uh, if if he did do it, it's not something to to be joked about. Um, but I mean, also I don't think it's I don't think it's true either because I don't think so because somewhere her story doesn't quite match up. It it doesn't connect. Like it, it seems like it's two different things. And the original thing that came out was that she said she picked up Jameis Winston, and Jameis. Jameis's statement said that there was that she's lying that there was multiple people in that car and it turned out to be multiple people. So that's a point for Jameis right there. And I, he may get suspended just because the NFL may have to do something. Uh, it would it was it would likely be this year, which I don't even know if he would even be playing because of the injury. Uh, he's still activated, so he can still be suspended. Uh, and, um. 
you know, whether whether or not it's a six game, I don't. They wouldn't be any more than a six game. I wouldn't even put it any more. I wouldn't even put it in a six game. Uh, if any suspension, I'd probably do like four games. But um, I don't think he did it. Uh, good kid. He, I mean, he hasn't done anything wrong. Uh, and, and even even that story, uh, you know, the drive through, he reaches over and 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 touches her inappropriately. Okay, it, maybe. But how does she know it wasn't accidental? She doesn't say it wasn't accidental. She doesn't say any evidence to say that it was, that she knew that it was on purpose. Like, well, she, I mean, she did say, she did say, um, she did say it wasn't accidental. Yeah, but I'm just saying she didn't provide any proof like Jameis was looking at her and stuff like that. And was she talking to her and proof. saying things yeah. to her. It didn't provide any proof that it was on purpose. How does she know that it wasn't an accident? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, he come back from a nightclub. He probably had a couple of drinks and wasn't really sure what he was doing. It was during the off season, I, and you know, the the Jameis haters, like you said, they're having a field day and they were just waiting for this because this is Jameis's real first issue. I don't count that that whole school thing with the with the. Issue. That was an issue. I don't count that. I think that's stupid. Yeah, um, I I think that that got blown out of out of proportion. I'm not saying at all that that women should be silent or anything. I'm just saying that it got taken out of context. Winston's words got twisted, and right. I don't think. And with Winston, Winston's words with this statement, I think it makes sense. And I was talking to a, a few people earlier today, and they said, you know. I was first. I was like, "Oh, come on, Jameis," and then and they're not just like casual Bucks fans. Like these guys were like analysts and stuff, and and they said, you know, now reading that statement, I'm on Jameis' side because his his statement made more sense than what she said. So I don't think he did it. Can he be suspended? Yeah. Will he be suspended? Honestly, probably. But I honestly, at the end of the day, don't think he did it. And. You know, looking at this point in the season, the Bucks are three and six. Just got their first one in a month. How deflating is this? You know, not only for the Bucks organization, not only for Jameis himself, but the fans, because we're at the point in the season. I think after that Jets win, people started to buy into the hype just a little bit. I don't think people bought into the hype that we're going to turn around and go 10 and six. But I think people bought into the hype that this team is going to look to turn it around and hopefully get a few more wins in the following weeks just so we don't finish bottom of the ladder. And when your starting quarterback is involved in a situation like this and everyone talks down about it and looks at it in such a negative light, not to say that it should be, you know, shed any positive light on if this thing actually happened, but really just, you know, when it rains, it pours, I guess. The Bucks lose five in a row, a winless October. You know, the team pretty much falls flat on its face. We we pretty much spent a whole episode last week just yelling and complaining about how things were going for this team and how they need to turn it around. This week seems to be pretty productive. They look to turn things around. Defense played lights out against the Jets. Everybody's excited, and it just it blindsides you. It hits you like a truck. When I first saw the headline, uh, because I first actually saw it through the, uh, the group chat that we're in on Instagram, when I saw that picture from the Bleacher Report um, app, the screenshot, I, I just, I really didn't know how to react, man. I just kind of face palmed. I, I kind of, you know, sat there, put my head in my hand for a minute, and I just thought to myself, what could come next? You know, 
it, it really is a tough situation. It's hard no matter which way you look at it. Um, there are holes in both sides of the story. I am Team Jameis. Evan is Team Jameis. Everyone here at Cannon Fire Podcast, we stand with Jameis. But really just a, a muggy situation and something something I hope he can shake off and, and we can get past. Because at this point in the year, at this point in his career, it can't be anything to drag him down. Because it, it when he comes back onto the field, whether it's after a suspension after a court case, no matter what it is, he's going to look to turn this team around. And, you know, he was shut down for a couple of weeks. This isn't going to help the ego. All I'm trying to say, this isn't going to help us right now. This is just not what we need right now. And I hope we can get past it. I really do. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, we're going to start moving past it. But uh, one thing I wanted to say is that I think Jameis is pretty much done for the year, Um, whether it's, uh, whether they decide to suspend him, suspend him next year, or, or whether it's injury related, I think either way, I don't think Jameis was gonna was gonna play again this year. Uh, and I, I also I'm gonna talk about when I talk about the Miami game just a bit, and I'm gonna touch on that in the Gruden segment a bit. Uh, that this this game in Miami is, I mean, they don't, they shouldn't, if they win, they shouldn't think about putting Winston in, but there's, there's something that happens, I think, if, if they lose, so, um, but, but I'll touch on that a bit later, so, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think, I don't think he did it, uh, you know, hashtag I stand with Jameis for sure, yeah, Uh, so, yeah, just, just hope, I'm, I'm gonna move on, I'm gonna move on from it until we, we hear more information, I can, make a fair judgment. Who knows? Maybe there is more evidence out there that proves that Jameis is guilty. And then it's hard to be team Jameis. Um, but but uh, uh, until, uh, until we see so, honestly, I just don't, it doesn't add up and, and I'm not changing my stance until I see any more evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Like, I mean, just like what the book tweeted out earlier today, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. But moving on from the Jameis situation that none of us really like talking about, uh, we're going to talk about something that is, you know, as unrealistic as people said it could be. I, and and hear me out. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people I know a couple of months ago were just, were shitting on the idea. Uh, I'm not saying to rule it out completely because, you know, not only would I really, really, really like to see this happen. I'm sure a couple of other people would like to see this happen as well. Um, But, you know, if... If everything falls into place, basically what I'm addressing here is the John Gruden to Tampa rumors. Uh, A lot of rumors are running around that if Dirk Cutter were to be fired at the end of the season, John Gruden has definitely expressed interest in coming back. Both sides actually have uh, expressed interest in making this deal happen. Yeah, uh, from everything I've gathered, it's real. Um, John Gruden is interested in coming back to coaching. As uh, Peter Report, Scott Reynolds from Peter Report pointed out, uh, back in July, actually, m- many many media outlets were, were were saying this in October and stuff that you know, oh, he wants to come back to coaching. No, Scott Reynolds at first, uh, very own Peter Report. Uh, you know, Trevor Sigma's been on, Mark Cook's been on. We got to get Reynolds on here sometime uh, to get the whole trio. So. Uh, but and maybe even we can get him on here, and he can shed some light about the Gruden situation. Who knows? But uh, from everything I've heard, uh, it, it, it's real. Um, 
Now, I mean, I'm still rooting for Dirk Cutter. I am not saying for Dirk Cutter. I don't want Cutter fired because I think the best thing for this team is continuity. I think that's the best thing for any team unless you're absolutely going nowhere, which I think, you know, the Bucks have too much talent here. And I think um, that Winston showed you before his shoulder injury that he um, he, he he was effective at quarterback. I was, I was telling you, Right before we started walking to the stadium, actually, I was telling you I saw this graphic that said, you know, Winston, before the the shoulder injury, the game before Arizona and stuff, he was he had seven touchdowns and three picks. After that, he had four touchdowns and four picks. So that's before the Arizona game, seven touchdowns, three picks. After that, after the Arizona game, four touchdowns, four picks. Um so that's a positive. That means Jameis it looks to be improving, which could help Cutter's case. But ultimately, I think Dirk Cutter, he's the right coach for the team. It's just at one something's got to give. And one, I will say this, this is the one I bring up about the, about the Miami game. Um, you can write this date down or whatever. Was it November seventeenth at eight not at nine fifty six p.m. Uh, on the Can of Fire podcast, if the Buccaneers lose this game to the Dolphins on Sunday, I guarantee that Dirk Cutter is fired. I, I really? guarantee. Um, not not during the season. What kind of what kind of loss are we or what kind of loss are we talking here? Are we talking a field goal last second, or are we talking a blowout like against New Orleans and Carolina? I'm talking a game where the Bucks don't win. It doesn't matter what kind of game. The Dolphins are that bad. The, the Bucks should win, um, and Cutter, he, he needs to establish. I mean, the Bucks haven't won two games in a row yet this season. They haven't won on the road yet this season. Uh, he, he needs to he needs to establish something. And and if they lose to a, to a Miami team that has lost three or four straight, I believe, lost forty to nothing to the Ravens. Just lost forty-five to twenty-one to the Panthers. I mean, they're getting blown out every week. And I know, okay, hey, you know, no Jameis Winston. Yeah, he's a, he's good quarterback and all, much better in life as Patrick. You have Mike Evans back this week. They're the the Dolphins' offense is probably the worst offense they're going to play all year. The Bucks. There's no excuse. There there's no excuse not to win this game. And and if they lose this game. They're three and seven. There's no playoffs, and then after that, you play Atlanta, Green Bay, Detroit, Atlanta again, Carolina, New Orleans. All tough games. You could realistically lose every single one of those. So that's why I'm saying this game is probably the biggest game in Dirk Cutter's head coaching career. So a meaningless game between two teams that aren't really going anywhere is huge for one head coach. And uh, you had talked about things that. You know, have to improve coming into Miami. Mike Evans going to be coming back as a huge factor. But looking back at the uh, the home game they just played against New York, offense came out, did what it had to do. I mean, only one touchdown, and that was Charles Sims. Pretty much a dump off at the end of the game. Ryan Fitzpatrick came out through one interception, one touchdown. Pretty quiet day for the offense. Deshaun Jackson did pretty okay. I'd say a solid day. Nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing like the Antonio Brown game he had against the Titans on Thursday Night Football last night. And uh, thank God my opponent didn't have A.B. on his fantasy team. But Deshaun Jackson had a pretty decent, game, uh, pretty decent day against the Jets. I believe he ran 
I, I want to say it was a little bit over 80 receiving yards on the day. As a number one, 84. As a number one receiver, it was nice to see him step into that slot, but with Mike Evans coming back, it's going to make it so much easier for Fitz because you could definitely tell all day throughout the New York game, Ryan Fitzpatrick was desperately trying to get it to Deshaun Jackson to make some big plays. and He very well could have a couple of times, but it just kind of fell through. So having Mike Evans back is going to be huge. Uh, Doug Martin's also got to come up big, man, if we're going to get anything going on offense. Because I think if the defense plays anything like they did last week, recorded six sacks and a pick, I think we'll be all right. But offense has to step it up. And that's really – that's going to be the wild card come Sunday against Miami. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, how about, you know, credit – got to give credit where credit's due on Sunday. How about the guy who won the game for the Bucks? And that's that, that's Patrick Murray. Um you know, not knocked through three field goals. If he misses all of them, still one hundred percent. The Bucks lose that game. You know, uh, if he loses all of them, I mean, if he misses all of them, the Bucks will lose. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, actually, <laughs> look Mark, at the look at the New England game. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, if they had, I swear, I still say this: if they had Patrick Murray, if they had Patrick Murray for the New England game. There's a win there, and if they had an average defense, not a great defense, an average defense, that's how bad their defense was in Buffalo. If they had an average defense versus the Bills, they would have won that game too. That's two wins. So right now they would be five and whatever, five and four, right? They have a winning record. (laughs) Well, how does that sound? That sounds great. A winning record going into Miami? You ain't going to hear no John Gruden and the Bucks talk then. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, one more point I wanted to make about Gruden uh, before we, we kind of got off track. Um, this Chris Sims, from who now is former Buccaneers quarterback, now uh, and was coached by John Gruden. He was the quarterback when John Gruden was there. Uh, Chris Sims went to the playoffs with Gruden in 2005. Uh, and... Chris Sims on his podcast, he now with Bleach Report, Oh really? Said, yeah, yeah. He said Crazy. on his yeah he said on his podcast uh, it's Chris Sims and uh, a guy by the name of uh, Adam Lefko, and Lefko was just giving up like random rumors and stuff, and he said John Gruden to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Lefko couldn't even finish his sentence talk, asking Sims about it, and Sims stopped him and said it's real. Sims stopped him and said it's real. And he said that he, he made that Sims made some phone calls and that, that it, it is real. And he's talked to some of the people in the organization and they, they've made amends with John Gruden and stuff. And um, um, just, uh, you know, he just kept saying how it all makes sense um, that, that he wants he wants to come back and that the Buccaneers are interested. And he actually said the reason Gruden was fired was what he understood, what he got from the situation was the end of the season, 2008 season, when they went 9-7 and missed the playoffs, the Glazers had a final meeting, end of the season meeting, just like they do. You know, they do it with Jason Light every year. They do it with their cutter every year. They sit down with GM, head coach, and end of the year review. Um, and the Glazers sat down with Gruden, and the Glazers questioned Gruden of how he developed his quarterbacks, how he got along with his quarterbacks, and why he why he couldn't find a franchise quarterback. And Gruden kind of took offense to that, and he said, "Well, 
you know, how dare you question me on that? If you know what, if just if you want to question me on that, you might as well fire me. So uh, as Sim said it, he might he sort of forced the Glazers hand and that's why they left on bad terms. Um, but but just like he said, uh, the terms were patched up this summer when he was put in the ring of honor, got brought to one buck place. And uh, how awkward is that week 15 game going to be if the Bucks continue to mm-hmm. when Gruden's there and Cutter? And yeah, that's going to be real awkward. But um, especially if the Gruden to Bucks rumor still starting to heat up even more because by then they'll be in full swing. Um, but one more thing I wanted to say, speaking of how awkward it would be, apparently Chris Sims said the people he talked to, I know, sorry guys for rambling on, I know you don't want to hear my annoying voice, sorry. Um, Chris Sims said the people he talked to said that Dirk Cutter originally didn't really want John Gruden there at training camp in the summer. He wasn't really, <laughs> wasn't really comfortable with him being there, and I'm not sure why, because Dirk Cutter wasn't on the hot seat at all. He was 9-7, and seven, high expectations, yes, but that's not on the hot seat. So not really sure why Dirk Cutter would would want, not want John Gruden there. But And Chris Sims also suggested that maybe the Glazers brought in Gruden to one buck place for that whole thing and brought him into the facility and stuff to see how he interacted with Jameis and to see if, if that tandem would work. Um, and then... You know, and then just this past Wednesday or Thursday, I don't even know what day it was, um, Dirk Cutter walks into his press conference, stands there for 10, 15 seconds, said, says uh, quaint crowd, says thanks, and walks out. Doesn't answer a question. So I think the pressure's getting to him, and uh, Gruden's, uh, Gruden's watching. Uh, everybody keeps saying, oh, he's going to Tennessee, he's going to college, he's, he's going to be a Tennessee coach. Gruden is not coaching college. I don't think Tennessee wants to take the risk on that end either because something that's been brought up uh, time and time again these past few days is uh, something I had seen, and it was more of a headline, but it was just it it was more of a risk for Tennessee uh, to even pick up John Gruden because, like you said, he's not not a college coach if he's going to come back and get this job done. Yeah, and he, he said that he hates recruiting. And he, he hates that all the rules and regulations, he said that it, it would drive him nuts. Um, he said that he, he couldn't do it. So he's not going to college. And honestly, as of now, this could change. Because obviously at the end of the year, he gets phone calls every year, college, NFL, about coaching jobs. As of now, from what I've heard, there's only one team. that There's only one football team in the world right now that John Gruden wants to coach. The Tennessee and, Titans. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and you know who that is. <laughs> oh, uh, Taking a look at the Gruden situation and uh, a little more input I had on it, something I wanted to bring up, I, I almost forgot to bring it up, but it was a great point brought up by the commish, Justin Pulowski, said his name right this week. Uh, the commish, Justin Pulowski, brought it up on Bucks Uncensored just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I believe it was after the Carolina game. Pretty much had talked about, you know, people are already on board to fire Cutter. People want him gone. People want this coaching staff gone. Cleaning house might not be our best option right now, especially if you're looking at a team that's starting to build speed on paper. Deshaun Jackson, if he can get comfortable here, it's going to be a great year uh, next year for him. 
Mike Evans only getting better year in and year out. Jameis Winston, pretty much the same situation. He comes back next year. He's going to want to play his best football. Cleaning house is not going to help this young football team. But bringing someone in to help manage things and make decisions better than anyone else can might be what the team needs. And he pointed to Jacksonville, the way they brought in Tom Coughlin, to pretty much run that front office. As you guys know, Tom Coughlin had a pretty successful tenor with Jacksonville as their head coach, went to New York, won a couple of Super Bowls, and came back to Jacksonville, not to be a head coach, but to pretty much just run the show. Tell people good decisions, bad decisions, make decisions so the coach doesn't have to, and the coach can focus 100% on coaching. And if you want to argue the point, look at how well Jacksonville's doing this year. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, but definitely not a bad idea. And if you're looking to do something like that on the Buccaneers' end of the spectrum, you want to bring someone in with experience, why not Gruden? Why not at this point? Same situation with Tom Coughlin. It could bring up a lot of pressure on Jason Light to make decisions. It could bring, up a lot of, uh, bring off a lot of pressure from Dirk Cutter to make decisions that he really shouldn't be making a head coach so he can do his job of head coaching and not focusing on anything else. Because apparently that's not getting anything done for us as the guy is, you know, under a lot of pressure. He's, he's got a lot of expectations and a lot of things that he is expected to handle that I, I just don't think he can handle right now. So, you know, not a bad alternative. I still believe Cutter is the man for the job. I like him a lot. Not saying I want him gone. I would like to see Gruden back. But if you can't bring Gruden back in a coaching capacity, that's probably going to be your next best thing. And I don't see it being a bad choice for either side. Yeah, but I also don't see it happening. Um, according to what I what I hear from people that I talk to, Gruden wants to coach. Um, he hasn't really won any front office job. Um, Gruden, if, if he if he got offered a front office job, he'd probably just stay what he's doing now with Monday Night Football. Um, so, yeah, he wants to coach. And, and one last thing from, from Sims, what I said, he said, you know, Lefko asked him, he said, all right, what percentage you gonna put it at? You know, or, or what do you think's gonna happen if he said if Cutter's fired? That that's what he said first. If Cutter's fired, no, this matters. They keep their Cutter. <laughs> um, well, none none of this matters if the Bucks instead of three and six are six and three right now. You know, so um, he said if they fire Dirk Cutter, I'm gonna say it's a seventy five percent chance that they hire John Gruden, which is <laughs> very high. Um, could go up, could go down, could very well go down. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I, I think Cutter's the right guy for the job, but I think Gruden would be a great option as well. Uh, it would be also be exciting to see what kind of coaching staff he'd put together because there'd probably be some pretty big names on that coaching staff for offensive and defensive coordinators. He knows a lot of people. So um, I think the best thing for the Bucks right now is Cutter and Light, but the second best thing is probably Gruden and Light. And, you know, what a weird time to be a Bucks fan right now. You buy into all the hype at the beginning of the season. You get let down. You get a good win. You get let back up. Your quarterback gets into trouble. But the, 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 the rumors come back of, you know, the greatest coach you've ever had statistically. Uh, well, maybe not statistically, but the Super Bowl coach coming back and bringing in the former glory to Tampa Bay. It's a weird time. And, you know, I'm excited for whatever what uh, for whatever happens from this point on. It's really just, we have to wait and see. Um, we have to wait and see what happens. And, 
and that's that pretty much on the on the Gruden situation. As much as I would like to see it happen, we just have to be patient and wait and let things play their course. But I'm excited, man. No matter what happens, I'm excited. And uh, you guys should be too. But let's talk about what we came here to talk about. And that is actually the injury report. Um, last second idea. Let's go over the injury report. Jameis Winston obviously going to be out. Well, Golston going to be out with a neck injury. But Vernon Hargraves has been ruled out for this Sunday. Uh, I believe he was... Oh, God. What was his injury? I should know this. Hamstring. It was a hamstring? Yep, he left about the uh, he left about midway through the second quarter uh, in the Jets game and was like immediately ruled out. So it wasn't a good sign there. Uh, I saw him walking out after the stadium. He didn't really have a like a limp or anything. He, he looked to be all right, but uh, obviously hamstrings are you can't really tell and and they're always tricky. So yeah, I think you look at played it safe. You look at Quan's situation. He was also out with a hammy and. It was just weeks on weeks on end, but he's come back and he's been playing, uh, getting back to his old self, so hopefully Vernon can do the same no matter how long he's out. He'll come back because whether you like it or not, the kid has really been picking up some steam. Looks really good on man coverage, I got to say. got to commend him for that. Uh, past few games, regardless of us losing, he has been doing a better job uh, playing the man. Hope to see Vernon Hargraves healed up and ready to go. Uh, I would say before the end of the season, but... You know, you want to be as safe as you can. Again, the Buccaneers do not have any bye weeks, so we're just we're riding this thing out, man. Let's let's jump on and hang on for for dear life because it's just whatever happens happens. Uh, but that is your injury report for this weekend against Miami. We are one day removed from the game. It's going to be a good game. I'm hoping for a good game as we go down and face Miami. Like you said, a struggling Miami team who, who's really just fallen off the tracks and. You know, we'll jump into Miami. We'll talk offensive and defensive MVPs in just a second. But one thing I did want to touch on and talk about one more time before we started to wrap things up was just that defense that came alive last week. I was uh, I was at the game. I was at the game with my girlfriend, and I looked at her at the end of the game. I said, "All I wanted was one sack, and I got six. Okay, I just wanted to see them hit Josh McCown one time. I didn't want to see them brutally assault Josh McCown in the backfield all day." But pretty much everyone in that starting defensive line got themselves a sack on Sunday. And a, a comment that was made, I want to say it was Levante David. He had pretty much said, you know, we went out there and we fed off of each other's in, uh, each other's energy. And whenever we can do that, we can play great football. So the defense is coming alive. It's all about staying consistent right now. Yeah, and that's been a big problem and what we're gonna find out really really quick because the defense has been awful on the road this year um and they're not like i said they're going up against the worst offense in the league See, we're not we're not going out of state this week though that's the trick is we're on the road but we're just a couple of hours from home so let's see what happens man let's hope some of that raymond james magic rubs off <laughs> yeah yeah let's hope um yeah, like I said, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think for both sides, though. I think I think the defense, I think the Dolphins' offense is that bad that it just, they just won't be able to to overcome it. Really. Um, did you have anything else you want to get into some uh, some predictions? I know some fans they love predictions and they love criticizing me on them. So I wasn't sure what you wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh, we will jump into. Uh... We'll jump into predictions here. Pretty much the keys for the game against Miami defense is going to come out strong. Going to look for Doug to really just prove himself. We keep saying that week in and week out. 
But I, I swear to God, man, if they can get the blocks lined up, he's looking to explode because he hasn't been performing. But you can't say this guy's not out here trying to run every single play. He's very good at finding holes. Just got to have holes made for him. But let's jump into predictions here. Let's talk about the game on Sunday. Uh, you can go first, actually. Go ahead and give your score predictions, and we'll do law offensive and defensive MVP. At the end of that, we will announce our Instagram follower of the week, and we'll wrap things up here. Okay, well, uh, I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to get a win. I think uh, they'll they'll probably end up winning. I think uh, twenty to fourteen is probably my my prediction. Um, my my offensive MVP is Deshaun Jackson. I think he's going to have another strong day. Miami's corners are not very good. Uh, Xavier Xavier, however you want to say it, uh, Howard. Uh, Dolphins corner, young Dolphins corner, got torched multiple times last week. Um, I expect Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson to both have big days. Uh, as long as Fitz protects the football, this offense should be fine. Uh, and and on defense, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the hot hand here, and I'm gonna go with Levante David. Uh, I think he is going to be a monster yet again for about the fourth straight week. <laughs> I mean, he just. Um, he, he's he's so good this year. This is probably one of his best years, if not his best year. And I think he'll continue it. So, and the year with both, the injury of all of them, man, he's really making up for lost playing time. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Um, so I, I I do think that uh, the Bucks end up getting a win, go to four and six, and then there's some optimism. But like I said, uh, it's a it's a tough stretch. So I think. They, they need this win. Dirk Cutter needs this win. So, because like I said, I've made that prediction. I'm not guaranteeing John Gruden is hired if Dirk Cutter's fired. But if the Bucks lose this game, Dirk Cutter will not have a job at the end of the year unless the Bucks finish, you know, 5-1, and one, you know, 4-2, and two, something like that. He won't have a job at the end of the year. But All right. Luckily, for now, he saves his job. <laughs> And a bold statement from Evan here on the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm going to jump into my predictions, pick right back up where you left off, do final score, and if i got to look at it, if the defense is humming and the offense can figure things out, having Mike Evans back on the field, I'm going to say it's going to be 24-10 bucks. It'll come out, Pat Murray will have a pretty good field goal, set the tone, and Fitz will get things going because that leads me into my offensive MVP, and it's going to be Mike Evans, the star of that receiving core that has been highlighted and praised all season. Mike Evans is going to come back playing with a chip on his shoulder, and I guarantee you he's going to take advantage of every possession he's pretty much given. I, I think if there's a catch that can be made, he's going to make that catch. Like I said, coming off of a one-game suspension, he's going to look to have a huge day. This receiving core pretty much just going to blow up. Like you said, bad corners on the side of the ball for Miami. Fitz is going to get things figured out. We might see a pick because it's not Ryan Fitzpatrick unless he throws a pick. But I like to see Mike Evans have a really good day, and I'm going to buy into the hype just like you said as well. Uh, Levante David going to come in and play some of his best football, continue to do so on the road against Miami. He's going to shut down that Miami offense more than they already have been. It's going to be a great day. Like I said, if, if the defense is humming, that's what I'm hoping for. But 24-10 to 10 is going to be my final score prediction. I hope these guys can get it figured out. And it should be a good game in Miami on Sunday. I'm gonna I'm actually not sure what I'm gonna be doing for the game. I've got the day off, so I might go out and watch the game. Try and get something going. 
but should be a good one, man. I got Bucks winning. Yeah, nice. Uh, I think that would be a good win. Uh, just need you need one of these games for the offense to get going. Uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're on the right track. I, I will give them that, though. They went from three points to ten points to fifteen points, so they're, they're going up each week. But uh, need to get over twenty this week, and I think they'll get exactly twenty. So, um, yeah, I just think that the the Bucks just they better win this game. This is honestly, besides the Giants, even though I don't think the Giants are that bad, uh, this is probably one of the worst opponents they they've played, and and they're they're down. They're down in their dumps right now. They're they're not. There's nothing to get excited about Miami. They have no momentum. The Bucks have to win this game. If they're if, like I said, if Third Cutter doesn't, you know, there's no excuse. And must win football for the Buccaneers come this Sunday. Before we wrap things up, we will highlight our Instagram follower of the week. That is going to be drum roll. I don't know how that picked up because it was on my desk, but we're gonna go with King Swaggy ninety. Here on Instagram, he follows us at Cannon Fire Podcast. You should as well. King Swaggy 90 is actually your number one spot for all things Chris Baker on Instagram. Big shout out to King Swaggy. Thank you so much for being active, and you are this week's Instagram follower of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. So glad you guys could join us here on Libsyn, iTunes, and YouTube. Got to shout out some Libsyn, man. I pay for the membership. People do download it. Uh, we can't neglect that. So if you don't have iTunes or YouTube for whatever reason, you can also catch us at Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, liberatedsyndication.com. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the show this week. Hope you enjoy. Have a great rest of your week. And remember, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.